0: Thanks for listening to another podcast from C3 Calgary West. Our hope is that this message will equip and inspire you in your walk with God. For more information about our church, check out our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram at c3calgarywest. Here on, um, on the kingdom, the, the series is Thy Kingdom Come. And uh, I am learning an incredible amount as I study about the kingdom of God. Uh, I'm learning so much that I feel my head's about to explode, and I'm not quite sure how to make it concise enough and practical enough, so let's just trust the Holy Spirit to bring clear words to you personally uh, to know what to do with it. I'm not sure if I'm able to make a great application today, but I want us to keep discovering uh, what the kingdom of God is like. I want to talk about kingdom mysteries the, today, and, um, and I want to just talk about how... Um, the desire that I see, I've never met anybody that didn't want a great life. I've met lots of people who weren't willing to pay the price for a great life, but I've never met someone who didn't want to have a great life. In fact, most of the time when uh, people give their life to Christ, the, 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 like 99% of the time, they come to Christ because they've tried everything else and it hasn't provided for them either peace or joy, or hope. They've tried all kinds of small g gods. They've tried all sorts of things that'll make them feel better. We, we would say that a great life probably has a high amount of pleasure and a low amount of pain, probably. Pleasure's a great motivator. And when people, myself included, I've tried... Many other alternatives, but I finally had to surrender and say, no, there's only one way, and his name is Jesus that we sing about every Sunday. And so that we want a great life um, and that a great life is available um, should not be a mystery to anybody. You read read, um, uh, the Apostle Paul all through the epistles. He tends to repeat over and over and over how salvation is no charge. It's free, but yet when you read through the Gospels and Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, it's very expensive. It feels paradoxical, and so I'm trying to reconcile those two specific uh, issues. and um, And I want to look start by looking at Luke chapter eight and verse ten. <clears throat> um, and and what I did last week is I separated the gospel of redemption from the gospel of the kingdom. And you can listen to that podcast if you want, it's not too controversial, um, this morning's maybe, however, it's just good being together, and I hope you've got your discernment turned up, and the word is alive in your heart. Romans chapter, sorry, Luke chapter 8 and verse 10, it says, you've been permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom. It, it's been given to us to understand, some versions say, the mysteries of the kingdom, it's not that things are, that the, the kingdom is specifically being hidden. The kingdom is being revealed. But, but for many of us, myself included, I went through uh, these last, um, saved in 1981. Uh, that's, a, that's a long time. I'm not that great at math, but it's a long time. How, how long is that? 39. Is that what somebody said? 39, 37. Do I hear eight? <laughs> and a quarter and a been, been half hidden. Okay. Um, A long time, and uh, I seem to have missed this specific thing. And here's what I want to declare to us today, is as I understand the New Testament, it reveals to us that the kingdom of God is a supernatural dimension that has access to believers of Christ, but not everybody chooses to walk in the benefits of a kingdom lifestyle. That's the rub for us today. Last week I described how there's three parts to any kingdom. One, the kingdom requires a king, a ruler. It requires subjects to rule. And it requires principles and laws in which to govern the realm. It's no different in the kingdom of God. That the kingdom of God has a certain access points, certain keys, certain patterns of behavior, That if we choose not to use those patterns of behavior, we will not get the benefits of the kingdom. (laughs) Okay. Um, What if the kingdom of God is a dimension that is hidden in plain sight? Uh, Luke chapter 17 reminds us that when when they said, okay, so what's the kingdom of God like? The disciples came to Jesus and he said, ah, the kingdom of God is among you. One, One version would say the kingdom of God is within you. Uh, what if the kingdom of God is hidden within plain sight, yet we don't have eyes to see it? Um, in a, in a, uh, Luke chapter 13, there's a parable about what the kingdom of God is like. I'd really encourage you to read all the gospels, and and with a notepad, and where it says the kingdom of God, because many times here's what the kingdom of God is like. It gives qualities and characteristics of it. W- one of them in chapter 13, it says the kingdom of God is like somebody who found a treasure and went and sold everything they had. That sounds expensive. Sold everything, had a massive garage sale. Sold everything and bought the whole plot of land so that they could get the treasure. That's what the kingdom of God's like. You know what that sounds like to me? Sounds expensive. To be willing to let go and give up everything to have this one thing. Salvation's free, it's a gift, right? Kingdom lifestyle is expensive, it'll require everything. It's a very different dimension. I think this is such an important thing. Um, um, Hiding something in plain sight. My, um, when we grew up we used to have on my grandpa's farm, uh, right beside the big swing, just just painting a picture. Uh, there was a, a little cement pad, and on the pad, Grandpa kept what was called the meteorite. Uh, we always just knew the meteorite was there. When we bulldozed the farmhouse, I said, what's happening with the meteorite? And they said, who wants the meteorite? And I said, oh, I'm a bit sentimental. I'll take the meteorite. So I loaded up the meteorite with the help of a few other willing hands, we loaded it in the truck, and I brought it into town, and we moved to Calgary, and I took it out to the farm, and one day I was uh, saying to the Lord, um, Lord, how am I ever going to, you know, pay these bills, how am I ever going to get debt free, how am I ever going to be mortgage free, where's this, it wasn't really complaining, but it was a little bit of like, where's the provision that's been promised, and and my grandson came up to me and said, Grandpa, when we go back to Saskatchewan this year, will you show us the meteorite, And I go, yeah, yeah, where is that thing? And um, anyway, I went to the farm, couldn't find the meteorite. All of a sudden, I said, Lord, if the meteorite's here, could you show it to me? And I thought of right beside the barn. Went over and looked beside the barn. There's a meteorite, half under, you know, start, it wasn't composting, but just a little bit with a bunch of red paint from the barn. Stephen thought it was alien blood. (laughs) Serious, he did. Sorching through the universe, <laughs> hits a spaceship, <clears throat> alien blood everywhere. Bad story. Um, there it was. And so I, I dug it out, brought it home, and um, you know, me and Micah washed it off and what a great thing that would be. And and I thought, um, we were we we're having some people for supper, and I said, Anybody know like what a meteorite's worth? Like, I've got this big rock now, what do I do with it? And I got two offers, one was for fifty dollars and the other was for 150. And I went along to find out what meteorites are worth. Anybody have an idea how meteorites are worth? They're sold by the by, some, by the, sometimes by the ounce, other times by the pound. So I calculated what the meteorite was worth, and it came out to eighty-three million dollars. <laughs> um, as it turns out, I asked a geologist to come and have a look at the meteorite. Y'all know I haven't tithed yet on that. If that was the case, right? You know that. You just heard from the accountant. <laughs> Turns out it's a very interesting rock, but it's maybe not a meteorite. <laughs> if you would, but, if, but if I would have known, you know, if you found the, this meteorite's on a specific pl- piece of land, you buy the whole land because you know it's worth way more than the quarter section of land. But this is what the kingdom of God is like. Not like a hidden meteorite, but a hidden treasure. And he says that, that the person who discovers the kingdom of God is willing to sell everything and pay any price so that they, they can have access to a kingdom lifestyle, which is, which is the best promised life ever. Um, this this to me uh, seems like a little bit like the Game of Thrones. Point number one: Game of Thrones. If you haven't watched it yet, don't bother. But it's about the seven kingdoms in Westeros. And, uh, and it has the, uh, no, it's a bit, uh, whatever, it's just not that great. But, but it's, inter- it's interesting, some of it. And, but but um, the, the goal was for these seven kingdoms, the game was, it was, the game was over the thrones. Who's going who's gonna to rule from the iron throne? And very much the kingdom of God is kind of like that. It's like, who's going to sit on the throne of your heart? Who, who is going to be the one that determines the, the decisions and the actions and the behaviors and the functions, who's gonna be the one that directs that? Jesus would say to some, they'd say, oh, you call me Lord, Lord, but yet you don't do what I say. It's the same as like saying, oh, you call me king, king, but yet you, you don't function under a kingdom rule. You're running your own life. To find our life, the, the great life, the abundant life, the promised life, we have to be willing to give up our life it's not that attractive, specifically, unless we can see the benefits of the kingdom. So <clears throat> it's really what it seems to come down to. And so as you read through the scriptures, you'll find there's certain things qualify you for kingdom life and certain things disqualify you for kingdom life. It's hard not to read the New Testament and see that. Uh, I, did, I was able to for a number of years, but I'm seeing it now more and more. Um, I remember once I got saved, I had such a wonderful transformation that I shared with everybody about simply praying a prayer and all your problems are solved. I would snicker nervously now as well. <clears throat> because isn't it easy, just, just, just listen to the rest of my thought process. It's kind of easy for us to say, oh listen, just give your life to Christ and all your problems will be solved. It's easy for us to say, well, that Jesus is the answer to whatever the question. Maybe, maybe not. I, I realize that, that's, that there's a tension there. But maybe it requires something more than praying a simple prayer and saying, Jesus come into my life, get your eternity settled, but maybe the life is still gonna have some problems with it. Jesus goes go as far as to say this, in this world you're gonna have some trouble. No, 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 I thought I got out of it. I was airlifted away from all trouble, right? Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, I promised them that Jesus would solve all of their dysfunction and that their life would be great. I remember I was speaking at a um, full gospel businessman's and uh, some young men came to get saved. And uh, I said, you know what? You guys need a good wife. All we have to do is just pray right now and God will give you a good wife. Um That didn't end that well. It turned out to be a little more complicated. And and as I read through the scripture, I actually find a a, a difference between being a believer and being a disciple as well. Have you seen that variation? It's different. He said, you you say you're a disciple. In order to be my disciple, you have to do what I tell you to do. Got to be disciplined. Um, That the life I was looking for was maybe more than just a prayer of salvation, maybe it was something more. Salvation is available, and a simple prayer of faith, like you may have prayed before you received communion, is available to any, everyone, whosoever will. But not everyone receives it. But it's available for everyone. The kingdom life is available for everyone, but not everybody lives it. Um, the thief on the cross, he ended up in eternity. Salvation was sort of simple. He never even took a baptism class, let alone be baptized. How did he do that? Because salvation is a matter of believing into Christ, believing what he's done. Salvation is a gift. You don't have to do anything other than receive the gift. But to get the benefits of salvation, it's gonna require everything that you've got. Now that's not that encouraging, is it? It's a little bit expensive. I thought it was free, yes, salvation is. But the benefits of salvation are going to require something of you. Is this a a gospel, like a whole gospel message or a portion? You're not really sure. Pretty quiet in this Pentecostal church. I can't hear you. You're not sure, are you? Well, let me go a little further, get myself in a little deeper. The dress code for the kingdom, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it lays out some really challenging um, uh, 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 attributes. Um, Who gets in? Who gets in anyway? Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, it says that the the kingdom of God is available for those who do the Father's will. Hmm. How are you doing with that? Matthew chapter 18 and verse 3 says, Unless you're converted and become like a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You mean, I will be disqualified for not being childlike? I'm just reading the scriptures. I'm not sure what do you think what do you think the question is how, how many like what percentage of a child likeness do you have right now when i when i when i when i observe children we've actually had to we've had to keep our kids with us for our grandson with us for a little while and um oh my gosh if i could just be like him open drawers throw out the pans and then walk away <laughs> that'd be nice A childlike me, it kind of translates into making a massive mess and letting mom and your grandpa and grandma clean it up. Um, What what, what does it mean to even be childlike? Does it mean to be innocent and trusting? Does it mean to be teachable? I've met lots of kids that aren't. Does it mean to be quick to forgive? I've met most that don't. What's it mean to be childlike? I don't know, but it's an entrance access, a, a qualification for the kingdom of God. It's interesting to me. Um, uh, I understand it that when someone says that those who cause division will not have access. I say, oh, I guess that makes sense. You want unity in the kingdom. I'm, I'm creating some problems in your minds and I might solve them. Let's see how it goes. Galatians chapter five, verse 20, it says anybody who's selfish, I, that doesn't, have, aren't we kind of in that group? <laughs> or anybody who's jealous, Uh, those that have outbursts of anger will not enter the kingdom of God. That's interesting. It puts in that same sentence orgies. Does that it does, and anger. You wonder, well, what level? Not anger, not orgy. What a level? Like how much anger before you don't have access to the kingdom benefits and the kingdom lifestyle? Qualifications. Anybody with impure thoughts. Whew. It looks like the, the gate is getting a little narrow. Is anybody with me on these? I'm just sharing scriptures as I see them. I'm not interpreting them, not really. Uh, Ephesians 5 and verse 4, foolish talkers. What about this? What about this? It says, anybody who tells coarse jokes. That's, that's like three-quarters of the man here right now. But, but do you hear what I'm saying? I'm creating lots of problems. When it comes to salvation, all of these things are normal. You actually have to acknowledge that you are a sinner, that you do have outbursts of anger, that you do have envy, and you do have jealousy, and you have been immoral and inappropriate and adulterous in your thoughts. That's actually the requirement for your eternity being settled and salvation being a gift that you can receive. If you don't acknowledge that you're a sinner, you don't need a savior. But if I read 1 Corinthians chapter 6 right, he's pointing out a distinction that's pretty obvious. And I don't want to overstate it or say too much. But it says in here that don't you know that those who do wrong will have no share in the kingdom of God. That's like who isn't in that group? Don't fool yourself. Why? Because it's possible to be fooled. Those who indulge in sexual sin, those who are idol worshippers, I get to idol worshippers, adulterers, male prostitutes, homosexuals, thieves, greedy people, drunkards, swindlers. we many people use this as a proof text why homosexuals won 't get into heaven, but what about what he, he uses the other things here, what about swindlers? Anybody tried to get like a good deal and like slip one over? It says here, I mean you just need to read the whole passage in its entirety <laughs> because it actually the The soup is getting pretty thin. The the line is getting pretty thin. Salvation? No. Kingdom lifestyle? Yes. There's a difference. Wrongdoers. Man, who in our city, in our country, has not been a wrongdoer? Consciously or unconsciously. Same category as homosexuals. And the place went Quiet. This is not a heaven or hell issue from this text. Eternity and kingdom are different dimensions. Bill Johnson would say, God's responsibility is to get me to heaven. My responsibility is to get heaven here. That's profound. Just profound. That we could even pray, thy kingdom come and thy will be done. His will is for His kingdom to come. That's His will. The kingdom life is a promised life. Hebrews chapter four. Um, oh, I thought I had that. Yeah, I do. Hebrews chapter four. The entire chapter is about, and you could actually characterize the kingdom of God with this one term: rest. He, say, he says here about God's promise of entering the place of rest. The kingdom of God is a place where there's no striving. There's rest. It says, says, God's promise of entering his place of rest stands, still stands. What's that mean? That mean, this is still on. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to get there. It's heaven? No, it's not, not eternity. It's kingdom. For this good news that God has prepared a place of rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good because they did not believe what God had told them, for only we who believe can enter the place of rest. All right. Uh, I've often wondered why our quality of abundant life is less abundant than I'd hoped for. I think I'm finding clues. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us that what took place in the past is a picture for us to follow today. So here's what I personally can see is that the picture of coming out of Egypt and into Canaan was a picture of life coming out of a place of bondage and slavery into a place, this wilderness place where many of us don't get past, into the place of promise. Why? Because the kingdom of God is a promised dimension. It's promised for us. You know, not, not, not all of the Israelites got there, right? Many died in the wilderness, Why? Because they could not get rid of the slave mentality. What what did they want to do? What do slaves do? Slaves don't have a relationship with the deity. All they want to do is keep his anger at bay. They obey because they believe that God is angry, not that he's good. The Pharaoh was the God of the day. They've been steeped in paganism for hundreds of years. To get out of Egypt just took, it took about 40 hours, but to get Egypt out of them took over 40 years. Because we carry, you carry the slave mentality, not the spirit of a son. It's much different. And so that's the process of coming out of slavery, out of bondage, into the place of promise. To live in, live in the land of promise requires very specific qualities. Most promises that you'll read will have a specific condition attached to them. Pins are dropping. People of promise require two things to live by promise because we're people of promise. Promises are not automatically ours, they need to be contended for. You have access, but are you living within them? That's the question. They had access to Canaan, but they weren't living within the land of Canaan. So there's two qualities that are required. To live within promise. The first factor is seeing God as He really is, and seeing ourselves as God sees us. If not, you will not be able to function within the kingdom because you'll wonder: is he gonna be, is he gonna, is he upset? Is he, or is he? and then so is what he says about himself accurate, and is what he says about me accurate? To, to function like a well-loved son or daughter of the father requires a changing of the way that we view ourselves. People of promise, we're people of promise, seeing ourselves as God sees us. It says in Hebrews chapter four that unbelief was a reason they never entered and they never added faith to the promise. Unbelief will render you incapable of receiving the promise. The time between the Red Sea, which is a picture of baptism, coming up baptism, and th- that time between the Red Sea and into Canaan is really up to you, not God's. It's being led by the Spirit out of the place of flesh, which is a wilderness, into the place of promise. Freedom, joy, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what the kingdom of God is. Faith is not just that he exists, but that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. the for me to try to explain to somebody that God exists, no problem. That he's good, big Big trouble that he actually wants to reward them who diligently seek them, big issue. No, no, he wants something from me. No, no, he wants something for you. (laughs) He's not mad at you. He's mad about you. (laughs) It's pretty different. That specific mindset needs to take place in order for any of us to enter into a kingdom lifestyle. Taste, experience, and see, perceive that the Lord is good. You need an experience as well As an observation. Our faith is a response to his faithfulness to us consistently. How do I see him? Do you see him as good? We can only believe God can and will keep his promises to the degree that we believe he is who he claims he is. So that we can only become like him when we see him as he is. Coming out of Egypt, place of the world. Through the wilderness, place of the flesh. Into the place of promise, Canaan, which is a picture of the kingdom. This is not that easy to receive as a message. I understand. I know that. Um, Here's what happens. Because because I remember, and and we use this phrase a lot in church life, I've given my life to Christ. So that's that's a profound statement, isn't it? Paul would say, the life I live, I no longer live by the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God. He would say, I live an exchange life, translated out of one kingdom, dark. Into the kingdom of his dear son, light. That translation takes place. Am I living like a child of light, or am I living like a child of darkness? Eternity is going to be fine, like the thief on the cross. That 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 may not be the issue. The issue about having this abundant life is at stake. Um, when when I come, it's interesting to me. I thought about this a little bit more. Um, when I when we say I give my life to Christ, what kind of a life did you give to Christ anyway? Mine was broken. Here, Lord, here's a broken life. Aren't I the generous one? (laughs) Here, Lord, here's a wasted life. I'm giving it to you. So happy that you're giving me your leftovers, that you've tried everything else. Lord, I'm going to give you my life, the one who's squandered himself on abuse and addiction. And adultery and dysfunction. Here, I'm gonna bring you all of my dysfunction. Aren't you happy about that? This is the type of God we serve. Yes, I'm happy with that. And in exchange, I'm gonna give you my life. (laughs) And I have never done any wrong. He doesn't say that, but we know that by the word. He who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. What a message! This is both the gospel of salvation and the gospel of the kingdom. Is there any better news on the planet that all of my goodness is useless and all of his goodness is beneficial for me now? What a gospel. What a life. All right. We come to Christ. We've tried everything else, but it's a gift. He, we mostly want help out of our emptiness. If, you, if you're feeling empty... And tired and lonely, wasted, tried everything else. This morning, I got a solution. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. He'll take all of your broken pieces, all of your brokenheartedness, all of your negativity, and he'll turn it into a plus. Only possible through the substitutionary death of Christ on the cross and his glorious resurrection. Only possible which gives us access to kingdom life and kingdom benefits. Are you enjoying those benefits? That's my question. It's a big ask. My last point, um, I quite, there's sometimes when I read scripture I I giggle a little bit. I put little smiley faces beside them. One of those is 1 Corinthians chapter one, verse 26. Remember, few of you were wise (laughs) or powerful or wealthy when God called you. I just put a little smiley face beside That's right, what did I have to offer really? What do, you, what do you get? I was not exactly a, I wasn't even a, not a diamond in the rough. I was just rough. <laughs> My last point. Uh, Matthew chapter 24. We'll close with this thought. When the kingdom comes, when his kingdom comes, he says, he says, when he went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom, not the gospel of salvation, when he came preaching the gospel of the kingdom, everywhere he went, everybody was healed. Why? Because heaven became evident on earth now. It says that there's, there, you can't serve two masters. Where, everywhere he went, there was provision, supernatural provision. Everywhere he went, the demons could not stay. Where the kingdom of God is, there's no demonic influence. This, this month, we're praying, this is a month of the supernatural. We're going to have a healing morning, and we're going to have a deliverance morning. Why? Because we're preaching the kingdom. And he says that he would, for, he would, he would uh, verify his preaching with signs and wonders, so I, just, I think I'm just going to believe him about that. How about that? Radical thought. Matthew chapter 24. You should read the whole chapter, of course. I'm just reading one verse. And the good news, or the gospel, and the gospel about the kingdom will be preached through the whole world so that all nations will hear it. And then finally the end will come. Why is this important? I'm preaching on the kingdom of God because... It's a prophetic cry for the last days. <laughs> I just I just feel the presence of God so strong right now. I, I, most of you here know Jesus as Savior. Do you know him as King? That means that he gets the final say in what you do. Many of us know him as Savior, but maybe not Lord. Many would call him Lord, Lord, he said, but they don't... But you didn't do what I asked. You did unauthorized things. They were unauthored. Gosh, I just feel the, the warmth of the Holy Spirit right now. Yeah. And, the, and the good news of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world so that all nations will hear it. And then finally, the end will come. The extent and the content of the message was not the gospel of atonement or the sovereign rule, but of the eternal kingdom of God. This will happen. The gospel of the kingdom will be preached. I declare it. And the good news and the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world. You know, the gospel of salvation is just what got all over the world right now. But we need the gospel of the kingdom. <clears throat> The, the gospel of salvation is a catalyst of entrance and, and the means of receiving power. Paul would say in Romans chapter one verse 16, that, that the gospel is the power of God. This, the gospel gives us the power. But are you going to use that power to walk in kingdom life? or not That's the question. The, pro, the promised awakening will be communicated by two things: the sound of the preaching of the kingdom of God and the sights of millions who will embody that truth. The final kingdom harvest will be like none other that's ever happened before on the earth. It'll be like no Pentecost has ever, it'll be Pentecost times a million. The great harvest is still coming, friends, but we need to be living the kingdom life. What does that mean? That means that not only are you gonna be talking about the kingdom, but there's gonna be a demonstration of his power. That there'll, be, there'll be all of a sudden, there'll be stadiums will all of a sudden stop because they'll say, what must I do to be saved? And the entire stadiums will fall to their knees and they'll give their lives to Christ. There, there'll, there'll be classrooms where the teachers will have to stop talking and people, the kids will say, how, how do, what must I do to be saved? There'll be, there'll be events taking place and concerts taking place, but all of a sudden the kingdom of God will be ushered in and everybody will stop and there'll be a hush and the Holy Spirit will bring this deep conviction because the kingdom of God is being preached and the manifestation of his kingdom will be seen by all. These days are coming. We live in the most exciting era of all of history. Lord, let us preach the kingdom of God. Could you stand with me, please? I want to pray for us. Father, we thank you for your goodness today. God, we thank you for your truths. Father, who are we that we should live in the greatest time in all of earth? But Lord, let us not squander our time. Let us be willing to pay everything for that one treasure of knowing you. Father, we want to know you and the power of your resurrection, being made conformable unto death. I'm going to ask you this morning as we pray with our heads politely. you can keep your head wherever you want just your head, your eyes closed if you don't know Jesus and you want to accept Him as Savior we're going to pray a prayer together if you've stepped away from the Lord and you want to come back we're going to pray a prayer together if you're uncertain about eternity we're going to pray a prayer together if if you any of those three just slip your hands up quick and I want to pray for you where you're standing anybody yes anybody else anybody else slip your hand up quick thank you Everybody else. Father, today in this place we acknowledge your lordship. Prayer goes like this kind of like Pastor Tim said. I'm sorry for the, my lifestyle. I've been living separate from you. I thank you for dying on the cross for me. Come into my life, give me assurance of salvation and eternity me to know you as savior and lord in jesus name amen i'm gonna pray now a little different type of prayer i'm praying for anybody that needs healing where you're standing sometimes you need hands laid on you other times you just need to believe you need healing in your body just shoot your hand up wherever you are please yes 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 thank you yes 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 Father, yes, today, Lord, not just do we talk about the kingdom, we want a demonstration of the kingdom. So Lord, I'm declaring heaven on earth as you told us we could pray. You authorized me to pray your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So I declare healing over every life here today, that all scales would fall off and they would see you as healer, as Jehovah Raphae, that they would see you as healer and they would see themselves heal in the mighty name, above every name, above every disease, every disorder, the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we declare that over every life here right now. We command every condition and every symptom that was there before when they came in to be gone in the name of Jesus. And we declare your kingdom come and your will be done in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for being in church this morning. If you'd like prayer, we got a prayer team. Now go live the kingdom lifestyle. God bless you. You're released. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.